So I've <clears throat> I've drank like two like straight up two gallons of tea today. Nice. So you're gonna be pissing a lot. Yeah, I already have been. So this will be interesting. <laughs> Welcome to the Watts Podcast, episode four. I am Devin. And I am Carson. So today, we're not going to be discussing much news because in all honesty, there isn't any for the most part. For the mo- any news that matters. Yeah, uh, we do want to talk about one thing, mostly because I think it's funny. Yeah, it's just more of a brief mention than talking about. Yeah, well, I do have like one thing to say uh, about it. But it's all right. Anyways. So what, what we're talking about is the... Stanley accusations. Which? Now, I have steered away from talking about accusations uh, uh, against various other celebrities yeah. in our past episodes, and I don't, I don't want to get into it in a big thing right now. Mm-hmm. I more want to use this as an example of fanboyism. Yeah. So, in Hollywood, anybody, especially women, can mm-hmm. point their finger at anybody and accuse them of anything and you have to believe them because if you don't you're you know part of the problem you're sexist you're whatever else Mm -hmm. right now the finger has been pointed at stan lee and now the fanboys are coming out of the woodwork Mm -hmm. being like no because stan lee is awesome (laughs) right right and i just like the only thing that i want to say about this yeah is, you know, with all of the movements going on right now, you have the Me Too movement, and yep. it's spin off the um, Time's Up. Is that what it's called? Yes. So, whatever, something like Time's that. Time's Up. The yep. Time's Up movement that's all about, we have to deal with these problems now, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to have, uh, you know, it, it. you can't change your opinion based on, well, I like that guy, so he's clearly innocent, but yeah. I don't like this guy, so he's a raging asshat, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. th- it, there doesn't seem to be any consistency, and that's what's driving me fucking crazy. And mm-hmm. also the, the thing about, like, you have to blame or you, you have to believe the accuser yeah. no matter what is complete bullshit and completely against – the, the constitution where it's the, against know, any moral semblance of justice yeah like <laughs> what happened to uh innocent until proven guilty that doesn't exist anymore. no it doesn't you just point i your, mean you point your finger and you say yeah. that guy did this and so now he just did it whether yeah. it's true or not the, it's the, the literal yeah. definition of a witch hunt yeah literally the uh the case against decapitated is a perfect example of that because Literally, as soon as they were accused by this person, and they threw it out because this person's done this multiple times, and mm. it's never been true. And every as soon as it came out, everybody's like, oh, they're fucking guilty. You know, we don't need evidence. The person who said it's right. Yeah. It's like they're yeah, the yeah. perfect example of as soon as that as soon as that happened, everybody just started being like, victim shaming. You can't do it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. If Which you, it's not. If you fucking <laughs> dare... To even suggest that maybe the victim, again in air quotes, yeah. is making it up, then you're victim shaming, you're an asshole, you deserve to have your life destroyed. You're not allowed to question anything. You just have to believe whenever anybody points at somebody and says, that person touched me. <laughs> you just have to believe. You yeah. have to or you're a terrible person. And yeah. it's bullshit. It's fucking it's bullshit. Complete bullshit. And it pisses me off so much where every day is like, 
a new person that supposedly did something, and you know goddamn well that at least one of these accused people didn't do yeah. it. You like, know fucking well, but nobody cares. Yeah, I think one of the flimsiest cases was against Brett Ratner, mm, yeah, which yeah. was something where it's like somebody said something, but nobody knows anything, it seems, and the story seems to be changing. Well, the story changes in a lot of these. Yeah. It's like, and nobody cares. That's the thing. It's, mm -hmm. it, yeah. So I don't want to spend a lot of time no. talking about this. It's just something that pisses me the fuck off that nobody, yeah. like the innocent until proven guilty concept has flown completely out the window mm -hmm. and we're back to the 1600s where you can just point your finger and then that person dies. Yeah. Metaphorically. Salem now, witch but... trials in the modern day. Yeah, exactly. Except now instead of literally killing that person, we just destroy their career and livelihood. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whether they're guilty Whether or not. Whether they're guilty or not. Yeah. And it's bullshit. I fucking hate it and I hate people who take part in it because yeah, there's there's no such thing as uh, you know, looking up the facts anymore. Facts don't matter. It's all about I feel this way, therefore he's guilty. Yeah. Anyway, so that ugliness aside, <laughs> um, where 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 are we sitting tonight, Carson? Where are we sitting? How does it look? It's sparkly. We're sitting we're in, under a sparkly glow. We're sitting in a sparkle bath. Yes. And it's lovely. The, it's the mood in here is delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it makes me want to have a cup of wine. <laughs> Yeah, and we're we're not going to explain what that means, by no. the way, the sparkle bath. Just whatever picture you have in your mind. We'll that's just, what it is. That's what it is. Just go with that. Just lay back, close your eyes, turn off the lights, and mm. imagine yourself in a sparkle bath, and that's where we are. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, right. I, I had some things that I want to talk about yep. this week. Uh, again, not really any news. No. Um. So it's just stuff that I've watched, stuff that I sort of neglected in uh, 2017 in terms of movies. And... Yep, because it's 2018 now. Yeah. <clears throat> so yay, happy new year, fuck all of you. We kind of already did our new year episode. Did we? Yeah, remember we recorded it on Christmas. Right, but, that but was the end of the year roundup. Yeah, exactly. That was the last episode, Carson. No, because that was, cause that then was, there was episode, episode three. That was episode, episode two three. was the roundup. Was it? Yes. Episode three was when we got the new mics, and we were just ah, testing. We spent an hour recording. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think we mentioned <laughs> so, it, but... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyways. <clears throat> so, uh, today, I will be talking about just a few things that I've sort of been catching up on. Mm, a few things. Um, some things that I've I've neglected. I don't think we've ever really talked about this, but... So, tell me, Carson. All right. Are you a Star Trek guy? My Star Trek guy? Yeah. Is this going to be the Star Trek or Star Wars question? Or no, no, you no. Just, I mean, okay, I like the original movies. I enjoy the original series for all its cheesiness <clears throat> and all that. And, you know, I, I watched... Next Gen? Do you watch ne Next Gen? I watched Next Gen when I was, when I was a lot younger. I, I think I managed to watch the entire series of it. But I, I was never like, you know, Star Trek is love, Star Trek is life, you okay. know? So well, okay, just I guess just out of curiosity, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek, if I have to choose. Okay. Okay. Star Wars is interesting, but it's more interesting in a concept than it is in actual <laughs> reality. Yeah. I, I would tend to agree. I like the original Star Trek or yeah. Star Wars movies. Yeah. But 
when it comes to the prequels or the new movies and all the TV shows. No. Yeah. Um, and it's I guess it's kind of similar yeah. for me when it comes to Star Trek. Yeah. I like, or I would even go so far as to say I love the original Star Trek movies. Yeah. With the exception of a few. I, I don't go by the rule of, like, every other movie. You mm-hmm. know, people like every other movie sucks. That's not really true. Mm-hmm. The only one that I would say actively sucks is the one Shatner directed. The fifth one. The fifth one. one. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember the the subtitle for that one. Yeah. It was something Country. really dumb. No, Undiscovered what? Country was the sixth one. That was the sixth one. I don't Voyage remember what home, it was. Home, I don't remember. I think that no, was four. That was four. That, that was, was four. A, that's the best one. That's yes. the one with the whales. Okay. But the the fifth yeah, one. I was trying to remember. Yeah, because Leonard <laughs> Nimoy Leonard Nimoy directed Search for Spock and The Voyage yep. Home, and they were the two most popular ones. No. No, uh, uh, Wrath of Wrath Khan of is Khan. the most popular one. No, no. Voyage is Home not? is the most popular. Voyage Home really? made the most money. Mm. Wrath of Khan was in second place. But then, uh. but but point is, um, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy directed Search for Spock yep. and um, A Voyage Voyager. Home. Yeah. And then Shatner was like, well, I can fucking do it too. And directed <laughs> like one of the funniest fucking movies I've ever seen yes. where he's like, we're going to take the, the Enterprise – and and we're we're gonna find God. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna search for God. Right. What, what does I, I God remember need that with the starship. Yeah. Oh god. Anyway, that's that's neither here Fuck. nor there. I just no. I just wanted to sort of get yeah. your get your thoughts on Star Trek because yeah. we've never talked about Star Trek actually. No, no we haven't. Uh, I guess in, to wrap it up with that, I've always more gravitated towards science fiction than science fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that is that is a thing that I don't have we talked about that what? on previous podcasts the difference between science fiction and science fantasy. No, no we have not. Okay. Well, the best examples of science fiction and science fantasy is Star okay. Trek is science fiction, yep. Star Wars is science fantasy. Exactly. The difference being Star Trek is rooted in its science. Except now, for the fifth movie. <laughs> well, when I, when I say science, I don't even mean, like, real yeah. science. I just mean, like, the, the, the made-up science in the world yeah. controls everything. It yes. always goes back to their science. Whereas Star Wars doesn't even follow its own in-universe rules. Well, Star Wars is <laughs> science fantasy. Science fantasy is usually more sort of mysticism, yeah. you know? So the it, force, yes. right? And it's it's more based in, in that sort of stuff. So yeah. It's um, sort of like an accentuated Sinbad in space. Yeah. So I would say that I gravitate towards science fiction as well yeah. science fantasy is fun but i enjoy the more rule-based yeah. uh worlds of science fiction yeah you know so y- your 2001s and yep. whatnot uh jurassic park yeah or at least uh, the original the the original yeah um <laughs> anyway the reason i bring this up is because there are two shows now that are sort of competing in 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 this space, right? right? You have the new Star Trek series, Discovery or whatever it's called, right? Because it's uh, STD, <laughs> which everybody <laughs> loves making fun of. Yeah, yeah. And you have is this Seth uh, MacFarlane's Orville. Orville? Yep. Which I've not watched yet, but I want to see. Okay, that's what we're going to talk about. All right, that's what we're going to talk about because it's almost a good thing that you haven't seen it. I think. Yeah. Um, because this will be an interesting conversation. So I for reference, have not seen the new Star Trek series. And it looks just like sort of a miserable nightmare of people being depressed. Like, that, that's what that series looks like to Worse me. Worse than, uh, what was that, Deep Space Nine, that 
that Star Trek series or whatever I, that was. I that was on a space station <laughs> that sucked. I don't really even know anything about oh Deep Space God. Nine, but but yeah, the the new Star Trek <laughs> just looks like it's trying to be Star Wars. It does, and the makeup effects managed to get worse as well. Oh my God, the the new Klingons look fucking bizarre to right? me. Where it's like, why did we have to change it? We hit a good stride with the Klingons in next generation. Next gen. Why do we need to change it? Yeah. Fucking yeah. not my wharf. Yeah, yeah, not my wharf. Anyway, so you have that, right? Which is yeah. sort of a dark, miserable, brooding, depressing story. It's a Zack Snyder show up, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you have the Orville, which is I think uh siphoning a lot of the the Star Trek fans who are put off by the new show. Yeah. Because the Orville is much closer to what you would expect Star Trek to be. Yeah. As well as making fun of it. Is... It doesn't really. Really? It doesn't? Okay. It looks so, like it does. Yes, Seth this... MacFarlane okay. has a tendency to make okay. fun of it. So let's let's actually uh, get into this. Yeah. I want you to tell me what your expectations of the show are. Uh, At the moment, for the Orville or the Star Trek? Orville. Orville? We're talking about Orville, not Star Trek. Uh, it looks more like a lighthearted, fun show with some typical Seth MacFarlane jokes thrown in. Okay, but what would you, what would you expect its relationship to Star Trek? Relationship? Yeah. Uh, coming from Seth MacFarlane, I'd expect more of a parody than, I guess, a serious show. Okay. You know, trying to instead of trying to be Star Trek, it's trying to make fun of Star Trek. I guess. Okay. If we're going there. It's not. All right. It's not at all. And okay. this is this is what blew my mind. All right. Mm. Now. The first two episodes, kinda, kinda, hmm. but even then, not really. So the first two episodes set up all of the characters, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it it takes a lot from Star Trek. Now, yeah. having not, I, I guess I should say that I've seen some episodes of the original series. It never really interested mm -hmm. me. I've seen some episodes of Next Gen. It yeah. never really interested me. I like the movies, not the shows. Yeah. Right? So I guess that's important for me to say. Very important. And not even the next-gen movies. Nah. I, I like the original God. six movies with the original crew. You know, that's those are the movies yeah. that I like. For me, the next-gen movies weren't even memorable enough <laughs> for me to know how many there the, are. Anything. The only one that's even vaguely memorable is yeah. uh, Nemesis because it has right, that Tom was Hardy next in gen. it. It has yep. Tom Hardy in it, yep. who's actually not bad in it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so Orville, um, it sets up the, the characters. Yeah. And yeah, I had the same expectations of you, which was... Okay, this is going to be Seth MacFarlane humor on Fox again, so yep. you know they'll let him get away with it. You know, it's it's going to be Family Guy style humor. Family Guy in uh, space. Yeah, it's going to be which they already did. It's going to be Family Guy style humor, <laughs> yeah. uh, set in a Star Trek world, basically, yeah. uh, with a different name, and it's not. And hmm. that's what really blew my mind. Like for the most part, they take it seriously. It really? has jokes. It has jokes. It's definitely more lighthearted than Star Trek was. Yeah. And Star Trek had jokes, too. You know, like, oh, yeah, for sure. Star Trek wasn't, like, 100% super serious, which is why this new Star Trek is just blowing everyone's mind, because they're like, why is it so dark and depressing? Yeah. Star Trek was light, you know, and and, and and bright and fun and adventurous. Yeah. It wasn't all fucked up, and everybody's miserable, and all the characters are assholes. Yeah. You know, from the trailer, I could 
I could tell just right off, this is not what Gene Roddenberry would have wanted. No, not at all. <laughs> no, the Orville is way closer to what Gene Roddenberry would have wanted. Yeah. And that's what I've, I, so I watched all 12 episodes of the first season mm. and I really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I like the characters. I like Seth MacFarlane more than I thought I would because Seth MacFarlane, when it comes to live action, has yeah. been very uh, spotty, <laughs> questionable, especially when it comes to uh, what was it? A thousand ways to die in the West or million ways to die in the West, million ways to die in the West. Yeah, that was questionable. Like, I enjoyed it more than well, I know you did. But, but still, if you look yeah. at him, he looks like he's just playing dress up like, oh, that's Seth MacFarlane in a cowboy costume. Yep. It yep. doesn't look like a character. No. And and that's kind of how that's I, why he, Ted was better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Seth MacFarlane is in his element when he's doing voice acting. Yep. Uh, and so that's why I didn't really expect to like him in this. He's yeah. not doing any voices of the char- of any other characters. He's just playing the live action character of the captain, right? Yeah. And I started watching it and the first episode I was like, okay, there's some Seth MacFarlane stuff here, you know, sort of like yeah. um kind of awkward humor. Like one of the things that shows up in the um in the trailer for it is the slime thing is that what you're talking about oh well there is that okay. right and by the way that slime character i thought was only going to be there as a one-off gag he's hmm. an actual character really yeah he's an actual character that's crazy and i like him he's a he doesn't have a whole lot to do but i like him he's he's a decent character he's always hitting on the nurse it's kind of it's kind of cute in a way <laughs> and the nurse hates him and it yeah it's 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 funny, uh, but not in a gross way, not in a Family Guy way. Yeah, there's that. But then, but the scene I was talking about was when he's sitting at across the desk from his superior, mm-hmm. and he goes like, "Can I have one of these mints?" And he puts it in his mouth, and he's like, "Those are marbles." And Seth MacFarlane spits it out. I'm yep. like, "Okay, one, not that funny. Two, why would he have just a bowl of marbles on his? De- <laughs> like, that's really fucking. That's very Seth MacFarlane. Yeah." And so I expected the show to be like that. It's really not. Uh, hmm. It's like, it's like the only way Seth MacFarlane, and this is just my feelings based on what I'm seeing. Yeah. So don't take this as like true. But how I feel watching the show is like the only way Seth MacFarlane could get Fox to make it is if he sold it to them as a comedy. Mm. So the first couple episodes, he just like shoves comedy into it. And then uh. it just turns into uh, a Star Trek series. So he... He sort of front-loaded it to get it greenlit. Pretty much. That's what it feels like to me. Because when you hit the third episode, mm-hmm. it's just a drama. Huh. Like, the third episode is literally just a drama. That's crazy. It's And it's not, like, super intense drama. It's still very lighthearted. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the third episode deals entirely with one of the crew members. And I don't remember what they say this crew member species is. But he's mm-hmm. sort of the wharf of, uh, of the crew. Yeah. He comes from a species that only has males, mm. right? Um, not even going to question, like, the science behind how this functions. <laughs> not important. But the point is, females are only born, like, one in four billion or whatever. Like, they're incredibly rare. You only get, like, a female born every 75 years or something like that. Yeah. And so this crew member has a uh, a baby with his partner yeah and it's a female so the episode is about you know 
um, the his partner wants to change the baby's sex into mm. a male, right? Yeah. Because that's what the the species does. When there's a female born, they look at it as a birth defect and they change it. And so the whole episode is a conversation about, you know, like, well, if a baby's born with a cleft palate, you fix that, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, but it's that's different because it's not, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's this back and forth drama about do we let our crew member do this, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was, it was really interesting and it goes through like a court thing on that species planet where they're like, no, we have to change it and blah. And I expected the end of the episode to be like, yay, we're victorious. We're not changing the baby's sex. And then she's going to grow up to be a, a, a happy, you know, girl and make her way in the world. Spoilers. No, hmm. they, the, they are forced to change the baby's sex into a male. Hmm. And I thought that was really That's... interesting because they subverted that, that expectation. And it's, it was really interesting to see coming from Seth MacFarlane, right? Not that this was like a hard-hitting commentary on sexuality and transgenderism or anything, <laughs> but to not go the easy route, right? Yeah. To not go the route of like, yay, we're victorious. Yeah. We, you know, we're not changing her sex. No, they're literally forced to do it because yeah. it's it's how that species functions. Like they just see being a woman as a birth defect, so they fix it. And I thought that was really interesting. And you keep going from there, and um, there are there are a lot of like interesting, interesting storylines. You know, like mm -hmm. they they run into a pocket in in space that is actually a two dimensional universe. Hmm. Uh, see, trying to think of some of the others. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it. Oh, they they have sort of a Black Mirror-ish episode where they find a society that functions basically like Reddit, where it's like you just you just give people <laughs> upvotes and downvotes, and if you get a certain amount of downvotes, then you're seen as a criminal, hmm. right? That that is very Black Mirror. -ish. And so I think they did it better than Black Mirror. Yeah. Well, we're not even. I'm gonna going talk to about reserve Black Mirror. my thoughts yeah. on Black Mirror yeah, because yeah. I have some very strong thoughts that so go against I. the popular. So do I. But yeah, uh, I I really liked it, and it it feels so much more like Star Trek than the actual Star Trek series does right now, which I I thought was interesting. Yeah, and it's it's just it's really good to see that Seth MacFarlane has more in him. You know what I mean? Than to just yeah. do Family Guy style comedy. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it shouldn't be too surprising. We know that Seth MacFarlane is pretty into science and education. He produces Neil deGrasse Tyson's um, series. Yeah. Uh, Cosmos. Yeah, Cosmos. Yeah. He produces Cosmos. So I guess it, it it shouldn't be too surprising, but it kind of is. And I will say the first few episodes, just like Million Ways to Die in the West, it kind of did feel like. Uh, this is Seth MacFarlane's fan fiction, and he just wants to play <laughs> Star Trek with his friends, and they're going to dress up in costumes, right? Yeah. But the further along the series you go, you realize, like, Seth MacFarlane isn't just trying to make himself the main character and just on screen all the time. There are some episodes that he's barely in. Hmm. You know, they give screen time to the other characters. I think in in these 12 episodes... Every one of the main crew has an episode all to themselves. Hmm. So they built characters 
Well, because they give them time. You know, Seth MacFarlane isn't just stealing the spotlight, which I feared he would. Uh, oh, it it has blood in it, <laughs> which blew my mind. Like, there's an episode where one of the crew members gets shot, and there's blood. I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, they won't even put blood in Marvel movies. <laughs> but here, here it is in a lighthearted, uh, you know, Seth MacFarlane comedy, in air quotes, you know? <laughs> That's that's very fascinating. It's it's not one note like I feared it would be. Mm-hmm. You know, it, every episode feels different. It's got a different thing going on, which is really cool. I think uh, hearing about this now just makes me want to go watch it more. It sounds very fascinating. Oh no, I totally recommend you watch it. And I mm-hmm. I know that some people have been complaining that it sort of rehashes a lot of old star trek um material material and in that like it sort of mashes some of it together in different ways and things like that Mm. and so that's something that people have been complaining about but me having not seen all those episodes yeah i don't really give a shit orville does them well so i don't really care that it's a a rehash and i think it's interesting that the star trek community would call it a rehash instead of a ripoff that's Mm. very interesting to me because normally you would think like, oh, that that fucking new show that just wants to be Star Trek. But people don't seem to have that attitude towards it. People seem to at least see that it's not trying to rip it off. You know, it's made by people who actually like Star Trek mm-hmm. and wanted to make Star Trek. And I think the fact that the current Star Trek series is not <laughs> Star Trek doesn't hurt anything, right? Yeah. Because people are gravitating towards Orville because of the two shows, it's more Star Trek, you know? And so I think people are more lenient on it and allowing it to sort of encroach on that territory. Yeah. And saying rehashing, I think I want to state that. Rehashing's not necessarily a bad thing either, especially if it does it well. Yeah, no. Um, if it If it does it well, like... Let's be honest here. The original series is how fucking old now? You know what I mean? Early it's, 60s, I think. Yes. Late 60s, so, I don't remember. Are we not allowed to retell any of those stories at this point? Like, really? <laughs> really? Is it too soon? No. You know, and, and they do it well. Yeah. So, yeah, I was... I was Pleasantly surprised by it. I expected to watch the first, maybe the second episode and be like, okay, I get it and move on. Mm-hmm. But no, I happily watched all 12 episodes and I will happily watch season two. I was I was really surprised because it's really not my kind of thing. Like uh, episodic TV shows generally don't grab me. Yeah. I like Doctor Who and this does have sort of a Doctor Who feel to it. Okay, I've, I have watched maybe three episodes of Doctor Who and that's it. So Okay. This has a little tiny bit of a Doctor Who feel to it, um, but it's definitely more Star Trek than it is Doctor Who. All right. But generally, like, episodic TV shows or, like I said, I didn't watch any of the Star Trek series. Yeah. Right? So it really surprised me that I got into this one. But I did. And, yeah, I like the characters. I like the people playing them. I like Seth MacFarlane in it. Yeah. And I highly recommend that if you were like me going, oh, fucking Seth MacFarlane playing Star Trek. Go watch it. Uh, give it three episodes. If you don't get sucked into it by the, the third episode, then okay, fine. But I think most people will if they give it a chance. Yeah. 
So yeah, I highly recommend that you go watch it. And I will. So, um, before I move on to my next two movies that I want to talk about, uh, have you been watching anything, Uh, movie or otherwise? Movie or otherwise? I've watched a few things, nothing really, you know, spectacular of there, aside from I've started rewatching Full Metal Alchemist again. The original? The original. Okay, so not Brotherhood. No, but Netflix keeps annoying me. Hey, look, Brotherhood's here too. (laughs) First of all, I think we that people should know we both hate brotherhood as a series um, i we haven't really discussed it all that no. much but yeah and i don't want to get into it and i know this is going to open a can of worms oh, yeah. but i violently hate brotherhood and, I, i'm like, in the same boat here like brotherhood destroys everything about yeah. the original that made it a masterpiece you know and yeah, I don't. I don't want to get into it. That's something that could be its own yeah. podcast. Like we could make <laughs> an entire four-hour podcast on why I believe that. Yeah, we're not gonna do it right now. No, but what what's I guess interesting for me is I I tend to when I watch anime, I don't usually watch the English dub first because mm-hmm. I I enjoy watching things in their own you know native language. Mm-hmm. It's sort of you know, goes to the fact that when a movie's showing, you know, a German person, I expect them to be speaking German and not in a British accent. Oh, you mean, you mean not like Boy in Striped Pajamas? Not like that movie? No, not at all. Okay. But, but I was watching it in English and I realized that I actually am pleasantly surprised by all the voices. I don't really find a voice that I don't like. The English dub... Mm-hmm. of full metal alchemist is fantastic yes it is great yeah and for me That's... i'm a fan of vic monona who plays the main character edward elric Ed. yeah and i really like his voice so that He's was a surprise great. and al is yep. fantastic like both of the main characters the the actors who play them in the english dub are fantastic yeah yeah i don't really have too much to say about that other than the animation's fantastic in that as well yeah i don't get like people get shitty about the animation in the original Mm -hmm. they're like oh it was low budget that's why brotherhood is better because they had more budget and so the animation is better no it fucking isn't so it's slightly shinier like the, the animation in the original is more than fine it's fine animation like i don't understand what people's fucking problem is I don't know, and I'm lucky enough to not have come across too many people that talk about Full Metal Alchemist anymore. That so that yeah. I have to have that conversation. I, yeah, me too. I generally I will actively avoid talking to people about Full Metal Alchemist because yeah. I don't want to have to sit there for five fucking hours and explain to them every reason why Brotherhood is trash and listen to them close their ears and say no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I I am so both me and Francisco mm-hmm. plan on making a full review and comparison yeah. between Brotherhood yeah. and uh, the original at some point. Francisco is the foreigner that we have not mentioned up till this point. Yes, yes, I guess I should mention that Francisco is my boyfriend. Yep, um, we are we have plans with him for other projects, but in terms of him and I, um we plan to be making reviews at some point. I Mm -hmm. don't know when those are going to come because they're going to be uh, labor-intensive, as has been proven by our attempts thus far. Um, But 
Full Metal Alchemist versus Brotherhood will be one of them at some point. He feels even stronger about it than I do, I think. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be fun when that happens. Anyway. Um, anyway. Been watching anything else? Uh, aside from that, I've gone and I watched a few other movies, all animated, okay. and then some live action films. Okay. I will talk about the animated ones first. Okay. The... <laughs> That was really robotic. I have watched some animated. I have watched some live action. Hey. I shall now commence talking about the live action ones. Quit making fun of how I talk, goddammit. <laughs> anyway, continue. Anyways, I watched a movie called Porco Rosso mm -hmm. yeah. the other night, which is a Studio Ghibli film. Uh, that I introduced you to. You introduced which me Which I should point out, I have not seen it. So... <laughs> Which is funny because I didn't know that. Yeah, I just realized I never told you that I hadn't actually seen it. I yeah. know, I know pretty much generally everything about it. Yeah, I just haven't sat down to watch it because I haven't had a good copy of it until right. now. Yes, and you have me to thank. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so, really good film. It's one that I do not hear a lot of people when they bring up, you know, classic Studio Ghibli films. I don't think that most they talk people about know about it, which is surprising. Because it's really fucking good. Okay. Like, I mean, everybody talks about, you know, Spirited Away or yeah, Kiki's yeah. Delivery Service or My Neighbor Totoro. It, Kiki's Delivery Service? I've heard service? a lot of Kiki. Really? A lot of Kiki's, yes. A lot of people like Kiki's Delivery Service? Apparently. I just love how you went for Kiki's Delivery Service and not Spirited Away. I said Spirited Away first. I thought you said Princess Mononoke. No, I did not say oh, Princess Mononoke. Oh, well, then Mononuke. you went for Kiki's Delivery Service instead of Princess Mononoke. I don't hear a lot of people talking about Princess Mononoke. Real, I'm going to kick somebody's ass. Princess Mononoke yeah. is amazing. It is a fantastic film. Like, okay, so the... the um, Oh, shit, what's the director, not the studio? It's uh, um, Miyazaki. Yeah, the, the Miyazaki trilogy, uh, Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle. Yes. Go watch all three of those movies if yeah. you haven't seen it. Howl's Moving Castle is one that I don't hear a lot of people talk about either. I have issues with Howl's Moving Castle. It's yeah. it's a little bit inconsistent in its rules. <laughs> but but uh, anyway, so yeah. uh, Porco Rosso. So it is very uh, – as most Studio Ghibli movies are, it is very well animated film. Yeah, sure. I don't, I don't find really any problem with it. It's a diesel punk film about a – about a pilot during the interwar period before the rise of Benito Mussolini in uh, Italy. Did you watch it in Japanese or English? I watched it in English, I think. Okay, so you, you watched it with, um, oh, fuck, what's his name who plays the main character? I don't remember. Mr. Mom. Okay, yeah. Mr. Mom plays the main character. <laughs> Birdman. Yeah, uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, Keaton. There we Thank go. Thank you. I, I like his voice a lot in that. Sure. It's a very fascinating film. I haven't looked into it too much as of yet. In terms of, like, the making in, of and everything. Yeah, in terms of the making of. So I don't know too much behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Aside from having watched it, I don't have too much to say about it, except it's a fucking fantastic film that everybody should see. Okay. It needs more recognition. Like, it's severely underrated. Okay. And along with that, I watched uh, Metropolis. The 2001 animated film from Toho. Yeah, the the anime version of yes. Metropolis, not the 1920s, 20s, 1927s one. <laughs> yeah, not the out. 1927 silent film. Though that is a good a good silent film. Sure. Uh, so, what did you think of the animated version? It is. It's really wonderfully animated. It's pretty much 
Metropolis ni- from 1927 with typical Japanese tropes thrown in sure. for anime. And it works really well. I think the directing was really well done on that, which is something that I don't think we've ever covered is in anything that we've done is directing in animation versus live action. Yeah, it's it's very different. It's very different in the fact that the director has more of a say in animation than they do in live action, I would think. Uh, Not, or at least from my experience eh, from that. It would depend on the director, I guess. Because, yeah. I mean, you're not going to tell me, like, Stanley Kubrick had little say in his movies. You know yeah. what I mean? Or Christopher Nolan. Or, yeah. But um, I, yeah. In terms of controlling, you know, more of, you know, what goes into it I, than a typical I guess director. Be, I guess because literally everything it's is imagined. Everything is imagined and nothing is like you're never yeah. at the at the behest of your surroundings or yeah. people. You know, you can make the character do and behave any way you want. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot a lot more interesting choices in, I guess, scenery in how they chose to portray the Art Deco style that mm-hmm. a lot of diesel punk takes after. Sure. Like the backgrounds in that, there were some that it's like, I could get this, you know, framed and put it on a wall and it's a piece of art. Yeah. A lot of the animation in it reminds me of Akira. It does. The, the, uh, the character um, yep. style. Yeah. Uh, and Akira is another one that, like, you could take, you could pluck any frame out of it and sell it as high art. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Do you Can have he... anything else to say about Metropolis before we move on, or <laughs> animation in general? No, I was just, I was just gonna ask uh, that you seem to be on a diesel punk kick. Right. Uh, that's something. Because before I think a few months ago, I had no clue that diesel punk existed, <laughs> and then you introduced me to it with uh, Porcaroso and Metropolis, which I don't think you've seen have you seen the animated metropolis no i haven't seen the metropolis okay yes but you told me that both of those existed and i went and watched them yeah well and i got more into looking into the actual genre of diesel punk and also um full metal alchemist is like diesel punk also it's very diesel punk it takes place inner war in europe yeah i would still call it light it's very light it's yeah it's not like really hardcore diesel punk the the diesel punk setting takes a back seat to you know the the whole uh, alchemy thing. Yeah, yeah. Diesel punk. Like I thought it was funny mm-hmm. when you were like, "I just discovered this new thing called diesel punk," and I was like, like "Dude, that's shit. like an entire fucking genre, especially in anime." <laughs> I know, and I had I knew sort of you know of the tropes of it, but I had no idea what it was called. Okay, I sort of knew they were that all the tropes were related, but I had no idea they actually had a name for it. So, yeah, we, we should say briefly what Diesel Punk is, is essentially most people know what steampunk is, mm-hmm. right? So if you imagine steampunk except diesel, yep. right? It's literally that. It's Okay, so Victorian versus in between World War II, or World War One and World War II. Yeah, so steampunk is Victorian era, yep. generally. Um, and Diesel Punk is, yeah, between World War One, World War II, uh, up the, the rise of machines, yeah. you know. Um, sometimes it even includes, you know, like the Korean War, sometimes. Sure, but, but the general atmosphere of it is, again, like diesel and fuel yep. and burning smoke and machinery and iron, you know. Yeah, it's something I have, I do have a problem with the genre in that. It has, you know, it has the tropes of it and everything, but it's very loose in what can be included in that. Because when I think about it, 
I'm thinking, you know, that burning steel and diesel. I'm thinking, you know, 1930s Nazi Germany and the crazy bullshit they came up with and, you know, sure. oppressed people. Whereas steampunk's more lighthearted in that, you know, yeah, it's more upbeat and generally, you know, every everything ends on a happy note generally. Well, d- diesel punk is typically darker, mm-hmm. I think, um, generally anyway. Uh, not that Porco Russo, I think, is particularly dark, but <laughs> but yeah, uh, diesel punk is a very cool genre. Um, yeah. It's not one that I've spent a whole lot of time with, just because, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I dip into the punk genres every yeah. now and then, you know, diesel punk, uh, steampunk, uh, cyberpunk, you know, yeah. there, there are definitely things from each of these genres that I like, but I wouldn't yeah. consider myself, like, really into one or another. Yeah, which... I find I find it more interesting because I'm more in that world of the punk genres than you are. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, works that I'm looking at, and I and I can identify which punk category they go in, such as Akira. It's a mixture of cyberpunk and biopunk. Yeah, and it, I find well, and that Ghost really interesting. Ghost in the interesting. Shell is cyberpunk through and, and through. Oh yeah, Ghost in the Shell is very cyberpunk. Oh, and uh, Serial Experiments Lane, which yep. you haven't seen, that is. A hundred percent cyberpunk, and it is fucked up. Yeah, I need to watch that though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we should but, watch it together sometime. Yeah. Because I I want to see it again. I have it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, we'll watch that. <laughs> anyway. So yes, it's a very interesting genre. It has a subgenre called atom punk mm-hmm. in it, which I found fascinating. The well, only difference is atom punk is more like Fallout. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's gonna be like you know your your fallouts and. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, wow, oh, wasteland. What? Yeah. Um, oh, god damn it! And what's that other one that's like um, in Russia? I think Russia. The game. Uh, Metro. Oh, Metro. Metro. Yep. There you go. I I found out something new, and we discussed it here live. Uh, okay. Anyway. But so I guess I guess moving on from that then. <laughs> moving on to horror now. <laughs> horror. Shitty in horror air quotes. It's uh. Body horror, I guess you yeah. call it more. Right. So the guinea pig films. So, so why and this you... isn't the American series either. This is the Japanese series. So why don't you explain like the idea of these movies? Okay, the idea, the idea is very interesting because it's sort of it retains sort of the same idea, but it definitely changes between the movies. Mm-hmm. If you know what Saw is, imagine Saw but taken a lot more seriously with a lot better effects. And well, not as, you know, eh. modern day. Eh, see, because Saw, even the... Okay, so the traps in mm-hmm. Saw sort of came around in the second one. Yes. They weren't really a part of the first one. No. But even the first one still had, like, a... Um, it, it had a story and characters and it's sort of like a mystery in it. Yeah. Uh, the, the guinea pig well, films It are, depends on the film, because the first two don't really, but after that... There definitely is that. Okay, well, the first two, at least, are way more just blunt. Like, you guys just want to see fucked up gore, so here's fucked up gore with hardly any story. The first two are essentially, you know, 80-minute long uh, torture scenes. Yeah, pretty much. Where a killer or killers have kidnapped a person or people and decided how many ways can we take you apart before you die yeah uh and it's there it's literally it isn't one of them just like a naked japanese chick sort of on that a is table? the second one that's the second one i don't know where or why i had heard this and decided to go back to them mm. 
was about the story of how Charlie Sheen back in the 80s saw the second one titled oh, Flowers yeah. of Flesh and, and Blood. And he thought he, it was an actual snuff film. And so he contacted the FBI yeah. and there was an investigation on that. I And so I was hearing that. I'm like, you know, that was really interesting, you know, just hearing about it again. I'm going to go watch him, just see what he's talking about. Watching them again, the effects are so dated. They're cheesy, <laughs> like, right? They're very cheesy. But, but yeah, like but, I, I wanted to say yeah. about like the second one, if you – have any interest in this these kind of movies mm-hmm. don't go into it and expect like oh it's going to be a cheesy story and no no literally there's not a story like in, at least in not the, the second not one, the first or second one right there is not a story it is literally a camera pointed at a naked japanese chick as people yeah. hack limbs off of her that's uh, for in the second minutes. one it's only one person whatever yeah. But but you get and my point. It just it's just that for yeah. 80 minutes. There's no story. And You're, it's one person dressed up as a shogun. Yeah, that's that's what we're talking about here. It's yeah. literally gore for the sake of gore. Fuck the story. Yeah. Fuck any characters. Just point a camera at a naked Japanese chick and hack limbs off of her. And that's yes. a movie apparently. That's the second film. Yes. Yeah. The third film takes an interesting deviation. And it's about a man discovers that he cannot die and decides, you know what? Fuck it. Let's see how much I can hurt myself. (laughs) And he turns into sort of like this weird superhero. That that sounds kind of great. I'm going to be honest. Oh, my God. It's so fucking cheesy. But it's one of those movies that I can I look at it and I go, this is just hilarious. This is actually fun to watch. Yeah. Um, that's that's interesting given what the first two movies are. Yeah. And then the fourth movie takes a weird turn in a man discovers a mermaid has like beached and <laughs> keeps her in I've the heard bathtub. Of this one. I've heard of this, yeah. Yeah. And it just it get the fucking the movies get weirder from there. <laughs> All and right. like, it's something you just can't because there's like eight of these films. Oh my god, of course there are. And it's movies that to fully understand, you just have to watch them. Keep in mind that the first two are just like meant to be just really fucked up torture scenes. Yeah. And then from there, it just gets really cheesy and weird. Fascinating. Okay. So are you are you going through all of them? I've watched. I've already rewatched all of them. Oh, so okay. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed just, yourself. <laughs> well, I because I'd only ever seen the first two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know what? I might as well watch the rest of them, whatever. And I wasn't expecting the third one to take such a comedic tone <laughs> of man finds out he can't die. Let's see what crazy shit he can get into. Yeah, I've I've never uh, seen these films, but they are, at least the first two, are sort of infamous. So yeah. uh, I really don't have an interest in them. It's not my kind of stuff. I like dark and fucked up, but you got to yeah. give me like a really solid story and characters. Yeah. And the most story you get in the first two are person kidnaps somebody and then tortures them. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I, I mean, say they try and set up a story in the intro credits, but there is no story <laughs> really. Yeah. See, when I say I like dark and fucked up, I'll watch yeah. the most fucked up heinous shit, oh, yeah. you know, but it has to have a story to support it. So, you know, um, seven yep. or. Silence of the Lambs, or any of the Hannibal movies, really. Yeah, give me a story, and I will watch anything that you can throw at me. But you have to give me a story. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm not just going to sit here for 80 minutes and watch one scene of a woman being slowly dismembered. In cheesy 80s fashion. Not that it even grosses me out. It's just boring. It's just fucking boring. 
Yeah, it's one of those things. It's one of those movies that ends up on everybody's most disturbing, disturbing movie movies, of all time yeah. list. But when you really sit down and watch it, you start to question why. You know why people think this is so disturbing because it's it's really honestly. You can't take it seriously when you see the effects. That's true of most movies that people put on the most disturbing movies yep. list. You know, like um, a uh, Serbian yeah, film. Yeah, a Serbian film. If okay, I'm yeah. gonna go out on a limb and assume that most people don't know what a Serbian film is. Probably. So not. briefly, uh, the idea of a Serbian film is that a um, a porn actor, a, a porn star who. Uh, uh, you know, a, a porn production company hires him yeah. to uh, do a movie. That and he's so, you know, down on his luck and out of money that he accepts whatever yeah, they offer he, him. He accepts whatever they offer him, but he goes onto the set and they start filming and he didn't, they didn't tell him what would happen. And it's super weird and artsy, but then takes a really hard turn to the fucked up yeah. very quickly. Right. And he wants out and things go crazy and, you know, the, the porn that they want him to be in gets more and more fucked up to the point where they're like, I've invented a new genre of porn. It's called newborn porn. And that is literally a line from the movie. It is. It's a line where he says, I've invented a new genre of porn. I'm calling it newborn porn where they fuck newborn babies to death. <laughs> and it's and just comical to watch. It's, well, they don't really show that, to be no. clear. They... They allude to it very graphically, yeah. but yeah, most of it, like when you're to the point of how can we be disturbing? I know we're going to fuck newborns to death. It just becomes comical. Yeah. You can't take that shit seriously anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, and by the time you get to the end of the movie, <laughs> dude literally has a three foot dick. I mean, literally he stabs a guy's eye. Like he stabs through a guy's eyeball into his brain with his three-foot dick and kills him. And, like, when you're at that point uh, of trying mm, to be disturbing, it's just funny. Yeah. Like, you can't take it seriously. Like, like I'm laughing. I'm over here laughing just thinking about that Because movie. it's fucking hilarious. It's not disturbing. It's uh, so over the top and trying so hard mm -hmm. that it just turns out being fucking hilarious. The fact that it claims that it's a statement on the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the whole thing is just completely ridiculous. You can't yeah. take it seriously. It's not disturbing. It's not scary. It's no. just stupid. It's my same thoughts that I have on the Human Centipede movies. I was going to say Hostile. Ho hostile as well. At least a Serbian film is interesting. Hostile is just boring. Mm -hmm. A Serbian as film like is, most Eli Roth films. A Serbian film is interesting in how hard it's trying and the crazy shit it can come up with. Yeah. Hostile is just boring. Yeah. It's, and Human Centipede uh, yeah. is just stupid. Hostile's content with just sitting in the little box of unmade Legos. You know, like the <laughs> box of Lego pieces what? that's there. Okay, so the movie is just content with being there with ideas, but not actually doing anything with the ideas. That's okay. interesting. Yeah, not building anything. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's surrounded by the pieces that it does nothing with. Yeah. But even then, like, even if you just take Hostel for what it is, mm -hmm. the effects are fucking terrible. Oh, my God. You know what so I mean? Dumb. Like. So, oh. The effects in Hostel are awful. I don't understand how anybody's disturbed by them. At no. least the effects in a Serbian film are good. 
yeah. right? Decent. They're they're decent, but there's not really an effect in a Serbian film that I look at it and I'm like, that's just stupid. Yeah. His like even his three foot cock, <laughs> it looks real. It's just hilarious. Yeah. Right. It doesn't look like a bad effect. It just looks like an over the top effect. Yeah. Right. But yeah, hostile. Um. Is dumb. Human centipede, like they're just yeah. they're just stupid. Like even in this genre, they're just stupid and uninteresting. Yeah, yeah. So yes, that, that is that all I, you've been watching? Anime and and torture, <laughs> anime porn. and torture porn. That's it. Uh, that's <laughs> really the only things of note that you, I can remember. Truly, you are an otaku. <laughs> oh. uh, I that's all I've watched. Uh, the only other thing I've done. Somebody on Game Jolt, who's a game developer, decided to remake Sad Satan without all the bad shit in it. Sad Satan. It's a horror maze game ah, yes. that okay. yeah, yeah. is built in an engine called the Terror Engine, which is a engine specifically made for horror games that was well, built in Unity. Right. It was, it was a game engine built inside of a game yes. engine, which should which give is you free for you well, to it download. It should give you some idea... Of the kind of quality we're looking at when yeah. we're talking about this engine. Yeah. But the original game, I'll give you some backstory. It was there was videos uploaded to YouTube by Horror Something Channel, like Horror Game Central or something like that. I don't remember what the fuck it's called. Well, but there's plenty of videos on it. No. This is the original. This was uploaded and claimed to be a real game. Okay. And that and the download there was a download link supposedly in the description, which was removed. But it was later proven to be a fake game. Okay. And then somebody on 4chan made a copy of it that decided to include Okay, okay, hold on. Before you say this. Yes. The thing about the game is you're supposed to walk around the maze. And yeah. then you'll just be randomly and arbitrarily jump scared. Yes. Right. And there when I say jump scare, yeah. I mean like 90s style screamer kind of jump yeah. scare. Though that's the remake. I don't think any of that popped up in the original original. Okay. I think the original original was just had the fucked up sounds. Oh, okay. Well, the the idea of the playable game that most people got their hands on, it was just you walk around the maze and then you just get screamered. Right? Yes. Now. <laughs> the screamers were gore porn and child porn. Yes. Uh, and it also the game also contained a botnet virus that acted as a node for somebody to do whatever they wanted to with your networking computer. So yeah, basically it was a horrifically illegal game. Yep. Basically because that was released on 4chan of all the, places. Of course because of course it was released on 4chan yes. and it was just full of child porn. Oh yeah. Child porn and gore porn. And gore porn. Yeah. But then somebody by the name Reddit username of Blind Stark took that original file, cleaned out the viruses, cleaned out the gore and child porn, and then uploaded a clean copy to Reddit, mm-hmm. which you can play. Nobody really knew it existed because of YouTuber PewDiePie played that version and didn't make any mention. So everybody went and managed to download the child porn riddled version. Right, which is which is when it became famous. Yes. Yeah, because everybody downloaded the wrong version of it mm-hmm. that they didn't know existed. Yes, which brings us to 2016, which a Game Jolt developer, Game Jolt being a platform for people to release indie games on, mm-hmm. a one of the users on that decided to do a remake of the original, original 
game that was the videos. Uh-huh. And he was the one who proved they were fake in the first place by explaining how they were made. Mm-hmm. And so he remade it in the Terror Engine and released it on Game Jolt and free to download. And I played through it. It's very interesting. It's a weird look at the the new game. I don't know much of the original, but the new game sort of put in the the intention that humanity was a shit species. <laughs> okay. That was sort Random. of the idea of the wrong of the wrong version was that humanity's fucked up and will do anything for entertainment. Okay. <laughs> and so he sort of put that in and put a put a put a weird happy ending to it. I have a question though. Mm. Did the FBI never do anything about this game? Uh the Canadian authorities did. The Canadian authorities. Because some ordinary gamer, Mudahar, played it and then reported it to the Canadian authorities, and they were the ones to take it down from 4chan. Oh, so it has been taken down. Yes. Because that's something that always seems... It got re-uploaded plenty of times, though. Because that's something that always seemed bizarre to me, is like I keep hearing about a game that's just filled with child porn, Mm -hmm. but you never hear about anybody doing anything about it. You would think the FBI would be all over that shit. Yeah. So I played through the Game Jolt version of it, which was supposed to be more in line with the original original yeah, the, the, that never existed. The version that isn't filled with child porn. Yes. And it's a very short, interesting experience. As a game, it's a boring walking simulator with yeah, jump scares. Like, that's the other thing that should be said. Like The game isn't interesting, really. You yeah. just walk around a dark maze. Yeah, the only interesting thing comes when you actually try and examine the cipher messages that pop up as jump scares sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when you decipher those, it sort of gives you the story of it. And that's more interesting than anything. If you want the story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, story as in, you know, why the game exists. Mm. Okay, so next I wanted to talk about uh, two other things that I watched. All right. Two movies. Uh, I want to talk about uh, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. All right. And Gerald's Game. All right. Now, Neither some, I've heard of. some astute listeners uh, may be saying, hmm, has he been watching Red Letter Media? And to you, I would say, yes. Yes, I have. Because, yeah, both of these movies and Orville. Yeah what made me want to watch them was red letter media. So of course, yes, I'm stealing their content. We're talking about this. So, um, yeah, I want to talk about Gerald's game first. All right. Gerald's game is a Stephen King story, right? It is. Yes. Yes, it is. And I didn't really know what to expect going into it. Mm -hmm. I had never heard of the story and I didn't, know what to expect from the f- the the director yeah um he's directed a couple other horrors god i cannot remember oh oculus he directed oculus oh, all right and I, which i haven't seen so i didn't really know what to expect going into this i was pleasantly surprised it's one of the best stephen king movies to come out in quite some time That's now fascinating. to be clear it's not the green mile it's <laughs> not shawshank redemption it's not it right i liked it better than it you did well, I mean, it's it's very different. It's really an unfair comparison, but yeah. in terms of it being a Stephen King adaptation, mm-hmm. it was better. So the basic story is a, a woman and her husband go out into the woods yeah. um, to have sort of a getaway and try to save their marriage. Right? right. 
the husband is into some kinky shit that the wife did not know about or did not want to take part in. Right. He handcuffs her to the bed. Um, so both of her hands handcuffed to, you know, away from each other yeah. on the bedpost. And he is trying to fuck her and she's very uncomfortable with it. Uh, they sort of get into an argument and he ends up having a heart attack and dying, leaving mm. her handcuffed to the bed. What is this, Antichrist? No. And how <laughs> fucking dare you, sir? Antichrist is trash. This was a yeah. good movie. Um. Anyway, so the movie was just pretty much about her trying to survive yeah. being handcuffed to the bed, right? Uh, and it it deals with her psyche in a very interesting way. It deals with uh, her past, and because it's a Stephen King story, of course her father molested her. Yep. God, was, this... Wait, wait, was there any murdered children in this? No, shockingly. I'm surprised. There were murders, but not a child. I'm disappointed so, in you, Stephen King. So, But the, the movie was about her dealing with her past and what her father had done to her. Mm -hmm. um, it was about her dealing with her husband and how little she felt that she knew about him and how the, yeah. they were growing apart. And it was about her trying to survive because she's just handcuffed to this bed. She can't get away. So she's using this you know glass of water that was on... Uh, a shelf right above her that she managed to get a hold of. She had to craft a straw out of like a, a piece of um, uh, paper because mm. she couldn't actually reach the water all the way to her face. And, and that kind of stuff was dealt with really interestingly. Mm. And it was really nice to see, you know, that kind of situation dealt with intelligently Yeah. because normally they're not. You know what I mean? A no. person trapped in, in small location is a kind of movie that I really like. You know, person yes. trying to survive in one location. I love those movies. They're very rarely done well. This one was done well. It had a dog that was basically just eating her husband the whole time while she was on the bed. And so there was this sort of threat of like, is the dog going to try to eat her? Yeah. And that was dealt with really well. I expected it to just go Cujo, but it didn't. Um, the dog yeah. was actually likable, uh, which was interesting because it was eating her husband. But nice. he, it was done in a way where they weren't trying to make the dog a monster. No. The dog was just a starving dog. That's And for people, yes, that is a thing that dogs do if they can't find food. Yeah. They will start eating your dead body if you're around and no other food's around. Yeah, of course, because they're just an animal and you're yep. meat. So, yeah, of course they will. And the way that they dealt with it, not making the dog a monster, just an added stress on the main character but not again not portraying it as a monster i really yeah. like that there was some weird tie-ins with it though like there was there was a tie-in with bag of bones for some reason okay um uh but yeah overall i really really liked the movie i liked it a lot and the only real negative that i would have to say about it mm -hmm. is while the script was great the acting was great. The filmmaking itself didn't really have like a voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was the the filmmaking in terms of the direction and the cinematography were fairly bland. Yeah. There was a nice shot sort of here and there, but there was there was no voice, no personality to the filmmaking. 
it, it was the script and the acting that carried the whole thing. Yeah. And if it had been directed by a director that had a voice and could bring it to the project, I think it would have benefited a lot. But that being said, I still really, really enjoyed this movie. It was a really good movie, and mm-hmm. I recommend that everybody go see it. It's And here's the thing. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. I should mention that. Hmm. It was the first Netflix original anything right. that I'd seen and actually right, liked. Right, right. I usually fucking hate Netflix original shit. Now I know what you're talking about. I have heard of that. I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah, so it's on Netflix. You can go watch it right now. And, yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. Same with my – or well, did you have anything to ask about that uh, movie? Not about that movie, but there's another Netflix original called 1922, which is oh, a Stephen yes, King adaptation. Oh, yes, I wanted to mention that. This is a lot better than that movie. Okay. 1922 right. was just fucking boring. All right. It was just boring. It had no purpose. It was just watching a guy go slowly insane in a really dull way. All right. That movie, the only thing that ever attracted me to 1922 was Thomas Jane in it. Sure. But, but the, the, it looked boring otherwise, and movie, it was boring. The movie itself is in, insanely boring, but Gerald's Game is not. Gerald's All Game right. is very entertaining, really interesting. I, I really liked it. My next movie is also a Netflix original, All right. uh, which is I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Have you seen it? No, I haven't even heard of it. Okay. Have you seen Blue Ruin? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have. Blue Ruin is a great movie. I love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the main character in Blue Ruin, the the actor who played him, yeah. directed this movie. Hmm. Okay. So it has a, a very similar feel because uh, I'm pretty sure – uh, now, the guy who directed Blue Ruin also directed Green Room. Yes. And those two are friends. So uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Has a, Even though it wasn't directed by the guy who directed Blue Ruin, it has a very similar feel. Except that I don't feel at home in this world anymore is a comedy. Whereas Blue Ruin and Green Room are not comedies in any way. All right. I don't feel at home in this world anymore is a dark comedy. All right. Uh, it has Elijah Wood in it also, which was really interesting. That's fascinating. Um, and he was great in it. The The actress who played the main character was great in it. Basically what it's about is somebody breaks into our main character's house and steals her laptop, some medication, and her grandmother's silver, right? All right. She is becoming more and more pissed at society. Her whole thing is like everybody are assholes. You know, everybody is a dickhead. Nobody wants to help anybody. And in in this movie, she's not wrong. The cops don't <laughs> help her. The cops don't want anything to do with her and basically push her into taking action herself. It it reminded me a little bit of falling down, right? Yeah. Just somebody completely sick and tired of society, except instead of, you know, falling down where he just goes ham on the entire city, basically. Yeah. In this one, she's just interested in getting her shit back and confronting the people who took it. Uh, and so that's the movie is Elijah Wood is her neighbor. Mm-hmm. And he's a little bit odd, shall we say. And he helps her track down the people that took her shit. Right. Um, and they get 
you know, caught up in some crazy stuff where those people are trying to like rob a house and, and all this stuff. And she gets forced into helping them and stuff like that. And the whole thing is just, yeah, it's a dark comedy. The comedy is mostly played as like awkward comedy, mm. which isn't really my, my kind of comedy. That being said, if you're into it, it was done really well. Uh, it's just not my my style of comedy. Your cup of tea. Yeah, but the uh, the the violence is really gritty and fucked up and and bloody and gruesome. And overall, I I did enjoy the movie. I thought it was good. So it was an interesting sort of uh, 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 yeah, it was an interesting week because I usually hate Netflix original shit. Multiple times they've taken TV shows that I like and completely destroyed them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, their their original shows usually aren't very good. Their original animes fucking suck. Yeah. And most of their original yeah. movies are terrible. Yeah. The only original anime I think I like by them is a show called Neo Yokio, which is a show where they took whatever Jaden Smith said and turned it into a show. Really? And it's just so batshit insane. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Is that literally? It's a Netflix original anime but... with Jaden Smith in it as well. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, that sounds fa- – I'll have to look that it's up. It's very but... fascinating. But yeah, so Netflix original stuff, I'm really not down with most of the time, but these two movies, actually really good. Hmm. So, uh, if you have Netflix, go watch Gerald's Game, and go watch I Don't Feel at Home in This I Don't Feel at Home in This World yeah. Anymore. That title is a mouthful. Yeah, I would be surprised if somebody today doesn't have Netflix. Oh, there are people who still don't. Well, I'm sure. Especially but... if you're Canadian and you have Netflix, I'm so so sorry because Canadian Netflix is awful. Um, Regular Netflix is awful, or at least U.S. Netflix is pretty awful. U.S. Netflix is awful now. That's what's Mm -hmm. sad. It didn't used to be. And the fact that Netflix literally said that they want to be the best broadcasting company. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're trying to get rid of everything that isn't Netflix original. They want to only do their original shit, in which case I ask, what the fuck? fuck is the point of view anymore especially if your shit sucks yeah it's like i have netflix so that i have access to a bunch of movies that i don't currently own in my library that you don't have to spend the money to buy yeah not just to watch your shit i want access to all of these other movies too and if you take them out of your library then what the fuck am i paying you for Mm -hmm. you know um especially with rates going up yeah, yeah, that's true. The rates keep going up. They're um, expected to keep going up this year as well. Their um their disc service is yep. becoming increasingly more trash. Yeah. Their disc service, they're also trying to offload pretty much all of their disc service from what I understand. Yeah, like they don't want to do it anymore. That was the original point of Netflix is that they would mail you a fucking movie. Yep. Now they just want to be a streaming service that Which, only streams their yeah. own original stuff. Which brings up the point of streaming services killing themselves recently, but that's another yeah. topic. I mean, if if you want to move on to another topic, I'm fine, because I'm done talking about those movies. Go yes. watch both of them, but yep. do and you want to talk about streaming services killing themselves? All right. So, streaming services have always been an odd thing for me. I don't really give a shit unless there's something on the streaming service that I haven't already seen or don't own and want to watch it. Otherwise, I don't care. Streaming looks like ass. Yeah. It always plays like ass. 
And yeah, uh, we <laughs> they charge so much fucking money for it. It's not worth it most of the time. Yeah, we talked about this recently when I was talking about um, DVD. We talked mm-hmm. about it briefly, very briefly. My my point was basically everybody has been saying like, oh, streaming is gonna kill physical media, mm-hmm. and and my point was just then why the fuck do we still have DVDs? Like yeah. we haven't even moved past DVDs. If streaming was going to kill anything, it would have been the DVD. And we still have DVDs for reasons I don't understand. But that's a different rant. It, oh, shit. What did you do? Oh, I think I, it's it's just the monitor. Oh, god damn it. The whole thing's falling apart. Uh, this is what happens when you get angry. Okay. Stop Anyways, getting so yes, angry. I, I hit the table and knocked the power cord out of our uh, headphone monitor. Anyway, so yes, um, that was a different rant. In a different episode, and yeah. we're not going to talk about it again. Point is, streaming sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, which is why I don't think it's going to replace physical media because not anytime soon. No, because uh, like people like you and I are mm-hmm. one thing where we're we're really sort of intensely into the idea of quality and finding the best version of a movie yeah. and and you know bit rates and and all that kind of stuff. It's important to us. Most Very. people don't really care. But I think that's changing. People are moving on to, you know, 4K TVs, 4K HDR TVs and et cetera. And they're trying to, you know, stream 4K streams and they're finding out that they don't look good. No. They just don't. Because streaming can't handle the bitrate of 4K. Yeah. In order to stream. Okay. We should talk about bitrate very, very briefly. Very briefly. (laughs) Bitrate is... Essentially, without going into too much detail, the quality of the video, right? So when you're looking at a Blu-ray, right, has a very high bit rate, really good quality video. Mm -hmm. Same thing with 4K Blu-ray, really high bit rate. When you're looking at streaming, whether it be something like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or even YouTube, right, the bit rates are drastically lower in order for their servers to be able to handle that stream. So this is the clusterfuck of streaming. Now, and it's especially true if you try to stream 4K and then watch a 1080p Blu-ray, the Blu-ray will blow it out of the fucking water every time. Streaming is trash. With it being trash and people actually starting to care about what their image looks like, you have... The all of the streaming companies making piss poor decisions. Yeah. Netflix with trying to offload everything but its originals. Hulu just becoming a fucking mess. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Oh, Hulu is is all over the place. Yeah. Hulu is crazy. Yes. Yeah. Amazon Instant Video never really has anything interesting Amazon, in the first place. It's Amazon Instant pisses me the fuck off. Mm. It is the only streaming service that has actively ripped me off, I think. I bought uh, 12 Years a Slave, Ah, right? I bought it in HD. It refuses to let me play it in HD. No matter what I do, it will not let me have the HD video that I fucking paid for and will only stream it to me in like 320p. It's not even DVD quality. It's Mm. less than DVD quality when I paid for 1080. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, and the... uh... The the quality options being one of the only streaming services to actually have quality options. Amazon? I don't remember seeing 
quality options on Amazon because I fucking looked because I mm. wanted to turn the fucking thing onto HD. There I are could quality not options. Find them. Uh, there's a little. I think it's a gear icon at the top that you click it and it lets you choose the resolution. But the resolution is like good, better, best. Those are your selections. Okay. And it doesn't tell you what those mean. Um, Netflix used to have quality options. It doesn't really anymore. Uh, it, in as much as SD or HD, mm-hmm. it doesn't even tell you if it's playing in HD anymore. Like, it no. used to have that indicator. They got rid of that, too. Netflix is a clusterfuck when it comes to 4K, especially. Oh, yeah. If you want to stream 4K on your computer, you have to have a specific processor from Intel to do it, which... Should be illegal, in my opinion, because there's no there's no actual technical reason why that should be true. Yeah, there's no technical reason why my computer shouldn't be able to stream 4K. They just lock it to a specific Intel processor or a specific line of Intel processors. Their newest ones. You have to have one of them to stream 4K from Netflix. And even if you do that, you you get that. There's no indication anywhere on Netflix telling you that it is indeed streaming in 4K. And because 4K streaming is so compressed, you have to just take their word for it anyway. Yeah. Right? So it's that's fucking stupid. And that's one thing that NVIDIA is actually in trouble for. Because games do this too based on graphics cards, whether they choose to partner with NVIDIA or yeah. Intel or AMD. NVIDIA's actually, I don't know if it finished, but they were in trouble very recently for allegedly doing that with some games. Yeah, well... Legal trouble. That shouldn't be news to anybody, though. Yeah. Both NVIDIA and AMD have been doing that for years. Intel as well. Yeah, well, Intel Intel as well. All of them do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to my movies, don't fuck with my movies, (laughs) Intel, goddammit. But yeah... Ultimately, it's not that big a deal to me because I will always seek out a physical copy of a movie that I care about. But if I don't have the money to go and buy that physical copy right away, it's nice to have a catalog available where I can go watch it. And that used to be Netflix. Yeah. Not so much anymore. No, not anymore. They're booting everything off of their of their uh, library just so that they can have only their in-house productions yep. booting and raising the prices and yeah and raising the price uh then you have amazon which amazon. is just a fucking mess it's trash hulu oh, yeah. is trash <laughs> hulu's always been garbage but uh, well okay because Hulu's gonna change now because fucking because the fox buyout yeah because disney owns them now yeah. So who okay. knows what's going to happen with that? It's just going to yep. turn into the Disney repository. Uh, and, and then from there. Well, y- y- you also have YouTube doing their right. own thing where it's like you can rent you movies can, on YouTube. Yeah, rent or buy a but movie But does on anybody ever do that on YouTube? I think I've only done that one. My dad did that like once like eight years ago. Where do you rent movies? Like, where do I if, rent If you're going to rent to stream, where do you do it? I I think the only place I've ever rented to stream from was Amazon Instant Video like four years ago. Okay. So. I, I actually do it a lot, mm. but I do it from iTunes. iTunes has had some issues in the past, whereas like sometimes the 
the the video would just give up every 20 minutes and yeah. you would have to play it again to um they fixed that uh yeah they've had a few things but overall they're actually a really good service for yeah. streaming but not everybody uses iTunes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's fucking depressing it. that it's the only halfway decent one. So we have that. And then we have Warner Bros. Mm -hmm. Creating their own streaming service mm -hmm. for, you know, DC movies and stuff like that. And I... there's a show. They've specifically announced a show called Young Justice, which is about... Uh, essentially teen titans with a different name and that's it, got a third season it hasn't had a season since like 2011 is it not just like young versions of the justice League? no no it's okay. not it's you know usually side characters okay like robin and aqualad and that but that got renewed for a third season last year the third season with that they announced is going to be the first show on their new streaming service yeah, because everybody has to have okay. So yeah. this and then, did, did you have anything else to say about that? About not about that, but about Disney pulling their stuff from Netflix for their own thing. Yeah, see, this is the major major problem with mm -hmm. streaming, right? Cuz like we said, you used to be able to go to Netflix and have a really good selection. Yeah. You used to be able to go to Hulu, you know, uh and even like like Hulu was interesting because you could watch their stuff for free, but they yeah. would insert ads just like TV, and that was fine. Um, but it doesn't fucking work most of the time anymore. Mm -mm. Um, and most know, of the time they've locked their shows behind a paywall. Yeah, exactly. But now everybody is splitting off into their own services, so it's yep. like we're, Disney is going to have their service, Warner Brothers is going to have their service, you know. Uh, um, HBO has yep. their own fucking streaming right, service. Right, they do. Uh, CBS has their yep. own fucking streaming service. And it's like, I can't pay for all this shit. You yep. know what I mean? It's so many different fucking services that you're going to end up paying hundreds of dollars a month just to watch the stuff that you want to watch. It's unsustainable. And that, along with people getting their heads out of their asses about these companies. Yes, is starting to cause a very interesting decline in the streaming service popularity and, I guess, usability and everything. Yeah, and, and, of course, all of those services, you know, plus yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Netflix YouTube Red as too, well. YouTube Red, all of those services, let's not even get into, like, the anime streaming services. Holy <sighs> God. There's so many of them. There's so many, and they're so expensive. Yes. Um, like Crunchyroll used to be very cheap and even offer stuff for free. Cr well, Crunchyroll still offers stuff for free. It offers stuff for free, but now it's insanely expensive and you only get very few stuff for free. Uh, no. From what I know As of. far as I know, you can watch almost anything on Crunchyroll for free. It just really? inserts ads. A lot of stuff I've seen is locked behind a paywall now. It might have changed because I watched Wandering Sun on Crunchyroll for free. Mm. By the way, that's a great anime. Yes. Wandering yes, Sun. Is. Have you seen it? I've seen a little bit of it. Okay. Um, Just enough to know it's good. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, it's it's entirely unsustainable. You know, I mean, you want to talk about the shit going down with uh, net neutrality, mm -hmm. you know. Well, yeah, that on top of it as well. This is what it looks like. <laughs> now, Not to, not to that's not to say that this is a 
product of losing net neutrality. No, it's been no. going for a um, while. I'm just saying, like, this should have been an early warning sign where it's like all of these different companies are gating all of their stuff behind all of their own streaming services so yeah. that you have to, you know, pick and choose like a fucking cable package uh, which streaming services that you want or can afford. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you wanted to watch that HBO show? Well, fuck you. You're already paying for Netflix, mm-hmm. right? It is ridiculous. Now, I don't want to get into the whole should the government step in, should the government not step in sort of argument, like how much power should the government have over what, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't want to get into that. But what I will point to is there was a time in Hollywood where every production company owned their own theaters. And the government stepped in and said, you guys can't do that, right? I'm not going to sit here and go over all of the history behind that because that's going to take hours. But if you're interested in that, go look it up because it really does pertain to what we're seeing now in streaming. Yes. It's essentially exactly the same thing. We're entering a regression in the modern age to that sort of thing. Yeah, because um, politicians right now don't understand and aren't equipped to deal with modern technology even when the modern technology is mirroring shit that we've already made laws for you know what mm-hmm. i mean so streaming is a clusterfuck right now complete clusterfuck and it doesn't look like it's letting up anytime soon no it's just going to get worse from here i'm sure there will be a time where it's dealt with but not for a long time it's yeah. going to get worse you know for it, sure. it, it wouldn't even surprise me if you know, take Disney, for example. Okay, yeah. Disney has their own streaming. It wouldn't even surprise me if they broke it down and sectioned it off into different streaming services uh, that you have to pay for. So it's like... The Disney Vault section. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want Disney cartoons? That's this service. Mm-hmm. Do you want, um, you know, uh, Disney, you know, Disney like Star movies. Wars and Marvel yeah. and all that kind of stuff? Oh, that's this service. So if you want both of those things, you have to pay for both of them. You know, mm-hmm. it would not surprise me. If and not just Disney, but if multiple companies started doing that yeah. shit, breaking up their their library into multiple different services, and that's something I fear, because on the outside for companies like this, it looks like an appealing business move. Yeah, that's the thing is people have to understand. Like people love to get pissed at corporations, yeah. but what you have to understand is corporations are amoral, right? The, it, you can't really get mad at them because they're doing what corporations do. The only purpose of a corporation is to make more money. So, of course, they're going to do every slimy, underhanded tactic to achieve that goal, yep. right? But that's why there has to be somebody somewhere saying, okay, no, because corporations aren't going to do it mm-hmm. because corporations are amoral. They, they don't just care. care about the bottom line. Yeah, exactly. So if anything's going to happen, somebody outside of the corporations is going to have to step in. And from what we're seeing, fucking Ajit Pai, yeah. not going to happen anytime soon. And that's what's sad to me is that it's so easy to fix this, but nobody wants to. Yeah, this isn't even a hard fix. You're right. And yeah, just there's there's nobody around competent enough to do it. Because, no. because I mean, you know, these corporations also have their, their, you know, grubby hands all over our politicians. Yes. 
And what's sad is the people who fought for net neutrality back in 2012, I think, is when they last voted on it. Mm-hmm. A lot of these big companies like Google and Amazon and all that fought against it, yeah. and it stayed. Yeah. This time, I think the only person who fought against it was Pornhub. <laughs> that was literally like the only person who actually said something. Pornhub as a company is actually kind of awesome. It's ridiculous that, yeah, a porn company is one of the best companies online right now. Yep. Well, because they know their business is in danger with this because yeah. everybody – all of the – all of the ISPs are going to start locking porn behind a paywall yeah. or just locking it out entirely. And and to be fair, this is a separate topic from it the is. streaming services, but yeah. I mean, Pornhub's a type of streaming service. It is, but <laughs> not the kind we're talking yeah, about. No. But but yeah, yeah. So streaming is depressing. Go buy physical media. Yes. It's better anyway. Much better. Yeah. It it's, looks better. It doesn't have interruptions. Yeah, like streaming. Uh, it's just a shame that it it can get yeah. really expensive, which mm-hmm. is why most of my movies come from used sources. Yep, used movie stores are your friend if mm-hmm. you love movies as much as we do. The when I now I do buy new shit clearly, but yep. when I buy something new, it's usually Criterion or Shout Factory or Arrow. Or Arrow or whatever other sort of, you know, the Apocalypse Now special edition uh, thing that I have or Lawrence Lawrence of Arabia, the big box that I have. Yeah. Um, You know, I'll buy all that stuff new. But if there's not really a particular version of a movie that I'm after, yeah, I'll just pick it up used because why the fuck not? It's cheaper, you know. And, yeah, you can get into the whole conversation of like, well, then you're not you know, the, the artists who made that movie that you're buying aren't really seeing in, any of the money. That's a different conversation mm-hmm. for a different day. Yeah, right? that's something we could argue for hours. Yeah. Physical media is your friend. It looks better. It has more shit on it. And yeah. nobody can take it away from you. Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes, for sure, is like yeah. a big bonus for me when looking for that. And streaming doesn't have that. Yeah. Uh, that's not true. Well, um, most streaming doesn't have that. Uh, when you buy a movie on iTunes, it comes with special features. Yeah. Same thing with Amazon, I think. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, but in generally, streaming doesn't have bonus features to it. Certainly not on Netflix. Yeah. No. Which is something that's sad because I wish they'd put like the commentaries in with oh, the movies. Be, yeah. If you could, if you could switch over to comment, I don't even think you can do commentaries on iTunes. Mm. They just have um, behind the scenes uh, videos. Yeah, which is sad because I love the commentaries of movies. Mm. Um, but but that's my big thing though is that nobody can take it away from me once I own it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Netflix, anytime they want to drop something from their catalog, they just do it like that. Yeah. They don't give a shit. And it's fucked me over several times. Oh, yeah. Same here. I've seen stuff from the top of my queue go into the saved portion and never return. Yeah. Yep. And it's really depressing because there were some really good movies on Netflix that just aren't there anymore. Like um, Man From Nowhere yep. isn't there anymore. Just, yeah, it, it's really depressing to see good movies go away. Yeah. And I know they decide to do that as well as making room for their own shit. Yeah. Is that it? Co- the licensing fees cost them too much because of... Because licensing is different than DVDs. Yeah. Because licensing, you have to pay an active license for it. When you yep. buy a Blu-ray or DVD, the 
Netflix can do whatever the fuck it wants with it as long as they're not showing it in public or, you know, pirating it. Yeah. Well, you're, you're talking about um, Netflix renting out Yes, renting the out DVDs. DVDs. Yeah, the licensing is different for that than it is for streaming. Yeah. Yeah, because they have to pay an active fee for the stream, whereas the DVD, they just have the disc and they can rent it out. Yep, yeah. or multiple copies of the disc. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. <sighs> this whole thing just makes me depressed. Blue Ruin right. was another one that was on Netflix. Yes, on yes, now. it was. Buy like, physical media for the love of yeah. God. Yeah, and for me, like, I was looking through... You want to know how I ended up just watching what I've mentioned here? Mm. I was looking through Netflix for something to watch, and I couldn't find something that either grabbed my interest or I haven't seen already. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the last thing uh, – I watched a movie on Netflix today with Francisco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we watched it because it was shit. <laughs> we we went, oh, we went digging through um, the, the horror movies on Netflix yep. and found – the funniest looking one that we could find and just watched it and shit on it. And Netflix is great for that because Netflix has a bunch of shit on it. So if you want to just find a, a terrible movie to laugh at, then Netflix is your go-to place. But if you want to find actually good movies, not so much anymore. Nope. And yeah. even less day by day. And the other big thing about this is, you know, when you look at all of these streaming companies splitting off, um, charging more and more for their catalogs, having more to pay for for different catalogs. You know, at a certain point, people start getting pissed. And you know what happens when people can't legally get a hold of their um, uh, of, of the movies that they want to watch? Piracy. Yeah, piracy. When When you make it so monumentally difficult or expensive... For people to do what it is that they want to do, they're just going to find another way to do it. For free. And you're going to lose money. When people who would happily give you the money for the product that they want because it's too hard to get or too expensive, they're just going to get it for free. Because yep. it's pirates make it so much easier than legally obtaining it. Yep. That, that's been true for years. It's like pirating video games, you know? Pirates will just strip out all the copyright protection and make it easier for the end user than, you know, obtaining that game legally. I mean, half the games that you get legally now are loaded down with copyright protection, make it hard to install, make it hard to uninstall, make it hard to play. Make it run like shit. Make it run like shit. But then you go, make you always be online. Yeah, make you always be online. But then you go get the illegal pirated version and it fixes all that shit. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what happens when companies get greedy is people don't fuck around and just go around them. That's that's always been true. It's going to continue to be true. And if you keep pushing the consumer, you're going to lose money. And what's sad is currently in modern day, pirates are generally more trustworthy than the actual companies. Yes, they are. That's how fucked up <laughs> this whole situation is now. Yeah. Is Yeah. You know, it's it's true. Companies are so viciously greedy at this point. W pirates almost look like, you know, Saints. <laughs> white knights. They're like, you know, yeah. rob from the rich and give to the poor. Here, have your, your movies that you want to watch. Have your games that you want to watch. Yeah. Whereas the companies are just like, oh, you want this movie? Well, fuck you. Well, 
<laughs> how much money are you gonna give it to, are you gonna give me for it mm-hmm. no that's not enough i need more money just yeah the whole thing just makes me really depressed i mean we're rambling at this point it's just yeah. it's so fucking frustrating very like very do you have any idea how many times I, I have you know gone on to to itunes and they don't have the movie that i want so i go on to netflix they don't have it you go on to amazon they don't have it even if i wanted to deal with them yep. and i'm you know, you're you're stuck in this vortex of bullshit where this movie that you will happily pay for nobody has or you go to the store and it's like 40 dollars well when it comes to <laughs> disney exactly yeah. like I have been on a Disney animation kick lately. Yeah. I've, you know, I watched um, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Pocahontas, uh, Princess and the Frog. Um, I think there was another one that I watched. Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I wanted to watch Little Mermaid. Yeah. Because I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid. The last time I tried to watch it, it made me want to vomit. But... You know, being you know, I I study movies. It's what I yeah. do, and I've been looking into Disney animated stuff. So I wanted to to give the Little Mermaid a chance again, right? Yeah. Nobody had it. I could not rent it. I could not buy it if I wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, and it's the same thing that happened with um, Lady and the Tramp. You know, I was looking for for Lady and the Tramp to give to my mom for Christmas. Nobody had it. Mm -hmm. The only place I could find it was at Bookman's. They had one copy of it, and it was a Blu-ray in a DVD case, right? It was really weird. It was the only place I could find it. I could not find it new anywhere. So even if I, I was ready to just throw my money at disney but apparently they didn't want it right it's fucking ridiculous when you make things hard for the consumer to obtain they will find other ways luckily i found a legal copy uh it was a fucking weird version of it but i found it i don't have much more to say than just stop taking my movies away Mm mm-hmm so is that all for this week? Uh, did you have anything else on your notes to talk about? Nope, not other than our weekly recommendation. All right. For what I chose, mine a bit different because it's not a narrative film. It's actually a documentary. Okay. But it's a documentary that everybody should see. It's called Some Kind of Monster. Okay. It's about the making of the Saint Anger, Saint Anger album from Metallica. And the reason people should watch it is it's a movie that gives you an unfiltered look into the music industry. Okay. It shows you all the nitty-gritty. It shows you what the band's going through at its lowest point when they were about to, you know, just call it a day and say, fuck it, we're not a band anymore. Mm-hmm. And it takes you through their journey of all the hardship they went through in making that album personal and, uh, and actually record-wise. And, you know, dealing with one band member that had just quit and trying to find another... Okay. And so, yeah, it's a fantastic movie. It's a fantastic documentary, I should say. It sounds interesting. I have a few documentaries that I could um, recommend in the future. Yeah. But not right now. Um, But yes, that's my recommendation, Metallica's Some Kind of Monster. 
Okay. Uh, I have something that I want to recommend, but I'm going to have to find some specific information on it first. All right. So, um, for now, this week, the movie I'm going to recommend is A Clockwork Orange. All right. I don't really know why I chose this one this week. I just, you know... The past couple of weeks, I think I've chosen some, I guess, more mainstream, you know, movies. Yeah. This week, I wanted to choose a weird movie. You know what I mean? Well, you definitely uh, hit it there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, A Clockwork Orange is a Stanley Kubrick movie. It is one of my favorite Stanley Kubrick movies. It might be the weirdest Stanley Kubrick movie. Yeah, I could see that. I will not tr even attempt to tell you what it is about because it is almost impossible to just sort of describe. You just have to see it. But it, in very, very broad strokes, it is about a psychopath, Alex. Played by Malcolm McDowell. Played by Malcolm McDowell. Great performance. Uh, and he is captured and society basically forces their cure in air quotes on him and it arguably does more damage than good and yeah i i i was about to just ruin the ending i won't do that <laughs> what <laughs> um, happened to we don't care about spoilers not for our recommendations okay. though All right. yeah like the recommendations are stuff that we want people to go see and experience yeah, well, it yeah so okay i can see it but yeah um <laughs> Uh, Clockwork Orange, Stanley Kubrick. If you're not familiar with Stanley Kubrick, if you've never heard of A Clockwork Orange, go pick it up. Go experience something different. Yes. Right? Um, there is a digibook available of A Clockwork Orange that has some very nice special features in it. Um, so, you know, if you're into those special features. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Clockwork Orange. Fascinating movie. Um, I, would, I would hesitate to call it enjoyable. Mm. It's it's a movie that's more intriguing, more interesting than it is just enjoyable. Yeah. Um. If you're don't go watch it if you want to just like sit down with the family and have a nice family movie night. No, <laughs> no, no, no. The movie is an experience and a fucked up one at that. Yes. Um. But it's a great movie. So, yes, that is my recommendation, and I guess that's all we have to talk about this week. Yep. Has... I also recommend Clockwork Orange. Yeah. How <laughs> I'll second you... it. How could you not? <laughs> yep. um, this this has been a rambly week because, in all honesty, there's not much to talk about in, yep. in terms of, like, news or releases. It's the beginning of the year. You know, all of that stuff. Y people are still focused on last year, yep. you know. Um, so, once interesting news actually starts coming out or interesting releases start being announced yep. then we'll talk about that shit uh but until that happens you're stuck with us rambling about whatever the fuck it is we want to talk about yeah usually movies we just watched <laughs> yeah pretty much so um since there is no official outro to this podcast yet there's never gonna be one let's just face it yeah so um i guess suck a dick and go watch a good movie uh, definitely go watch a good movie. Suck a dick. That's up to you. No, I'm telling you to suck a dick. All right. And well, I, if I have, I, to. I, I don't even mean that in like the, the shitty way. Like, Oh, come on, dude. Suck a dick. No, I mean like literally go suck a dick. Uh, it, you know, it, it can be fun. <laughs> you know, if you, if you haven't tried it, that's my recommendation this week. Instead of a movie, go suck a dick, you know? All right. I think we've talked long I, enough. I think we're done now. I, yeah.
Cusco suck a dick. <laughs>